0: I enjoy our time together as friends, by the way. Yeah, I like this. This is nice.
1: (laughs) I'm recording now if you guys want to...
0: Oh, we're talking, yeah. Put that in there. Put that in there. It's just so lonely here. Just, you know, it's just...
1: Quick story, when I was in college, uh, a friend named John Broadway, is not a fake name. John Broadway. We were nineteen, twenty, whatever, and we went to a bar one night and we were drinking. And when we got back to the apartment.
2: How were you drinking at the age of 19 or 20? Did exactly. you have the aid of a false? Exactly. Well, no, we was
1: just, it was college. Come on. Anyway, when we got back, uh, he had a set of golf clubs in his in his truck, and he had the crazy idea: why don't we hit golf clubs over a highway, whatever it was? And I was nineteen and stupid and said, uh, "Yeah, sure, why not?" That sounds like so, a terrible idea. Oh, it was a terrible idea. And we, um, we, you know, of course, no cars were coming when we hit, and if a car was coming, we did not hit. But still, so we did this, and uh, a few of our balls ended up near a car dealership this was at night and some security guard on the premises um notices happening and called the police on us the police come they see what we're doing and um we are arrested i'm 19 years old this was the first and only time i've ever been arrested so the police officers as they are questioning us um asking us our age and and why we're doing this and you know, we're probably very scared, but also we're 19. So there was a little bit of smart ass about us too. And, uh, so they ended up arresting us and they brought us to the police station. And when they got us to the police station, um, on the way there, there was a lot of joking with a police officer who was asking us why we were hitting golf balls. So late, he was talking about his own golf game. He was, uh, you know, having a really nice conversation with us. And when they booked us, we were looking at our jail cell and we asked if we could be moved to another because there were other people in there. And they said, sure, gentlemen, why not? And they put us in our own cell. (laughs) And uh, later that night, they checked on us to make sure we were okay. And when we were bailed out by a friend the that following morning, they wished us well and said, I hope you boys learned your lesson. And so that's my only arrest Story, and I'm bringing it up because it's probably far different than <laughs> what a lot of people experience with police officers. Yeah, so, so it's a lot
0: different than George Floyd's. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I bet that I the bet only,
1: that, it's the only my only experience like that, and I gotta say, it was quite a pleasant experience. And I want to believe that part of it maybe had to do with the fact that I was a white college student. I'm just I bet.
0: I bet that hitting golf golf balls across a crowded highway is a- okay. It wasn't a
1: crowded highway. It wasn't. Well, <laughs> what was, the, what was the charge? Public drunkenness because there was no damage. I see.
0: Yeah, I I would think that would be more dangerous than what Floyd was accused of. Oh yeah, check writing yeah. or something. Absolutely, yeah.
1: absolutely. It. Uh, um, no, it was it was one of the top three dumbest things I've ever done um turned out to be a fun story between my friend john and i though because uh you know it, it wasn't a bad experience whatsoever i have to imagine that uh um under different circumstances it would not have been a pleasant experience for a lot of people did you get a mug shot i did not no they, mm. they never did that they just put it straight into a cell and like i said on our way back it was just it was a couple of uh um guys that looked like uh they could probably do some damage to us and when we were walking toward them they were giving us kissy faces and so <laughs>
0: <laughs> fresh and, fresh not, fish it
1: wasn't like that yeah it was like uh yeah come on guys come come join us uh and we'll make your life hell over here but yeah the police officers were very nice to us <laughs> 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 I just, I keep thinking back to that. That's that, uh, yeah, you know, that's my one experience. And so therefore I will never understand what people are going through who are protesting right now, who have negative, um, experiences with law enforcement. It's just not, it's one of the reasons I mostly choose to remain quiet on social media. Not that I don't support the movement, not that I don't support everything that's going on. Um, I do, I just don't feel like I have any experience whatsoever to understand the, the plight, and therefore, what am I going to say that's going to add it all to the conversation? Other than sharing that story, which, again, a very pleasant, fun story on my part. You ever been arrested, John?
0: No, but I've bailed people out. <laughs> I was lame.
1: I didn't do cool things. Well, okay, well, my arrest story is very lame. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> extremely lame. I've uh, never,
2: never been arrested. Um, but one time uh, in Greenville, when I was in college, I was outside a show, at a little coffee shop venue, and I was sitting on the sidewalk, and I had my feet in the street, and there was a bunch of people on the sidewalk, and an officer pulled up and said, uh, i need you to get your feet out of my street and so i picked my feet up but some guy who was not standing there was like it's not your street and the cop looked at me and he was like what'd you say and i was like i that that uh, that was not me you so. soiled your pants
1: immediately and
2: <laughs> well i thought the guy who did that you know was the kind of guy who you know, as a white guy, it's he's 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 okay to mouth off to cops. Oh yeah. So the closest but, I ever but came, he did it from behind somebody else.
0: Yeah. The closest I ever came was uh, one of my friends was smoking beside of the propane tanks at the Quick Check in <laughs> Robbins, and I was right right next to him. And they called the cops, and he didn't get arrested either. But it was kind of dumb. Did Hank that's, Hill? Did Hank Hill call the cops? Well, it is Robbins. And it was Pro. <laughs> I mean, I think I've been closer, probably been closer to that, but just didn't realize it. But. Oh, and also the time I didn't pay my insurance on my car for
2: a while. You got arrested for that?
0: No, no, but I got pulled over. <laughs> oh
2: and yeah,
0: that's when he took the took my license, and I had to drive the van for. A month. <laughs> he was cool though he let me drive my car home and everything like i mean he like followed behind me because it was right there at steel street and yeah. i lived like right down
2: there. uh back in those old sanford herald days where yeah
0: i love afford, how couldn't I afford love your how, insurance yeah exactly
2: i love how all our stories
0: end with the cop was cool though <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, yeah We're, my oh, okay.
1: story, but that's we're the, the whitest people in the world is uh the, the, the cop was it was, <laughs> yeah. it was very nice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but that's not their fault. No. You know, no. I it's just uh unfortunately that's not <laughs> I'm not saying they would have I'm not saying those officers would have acted differently to a person no, of no. color. I'm just saying that was my experience and um yeah. That's all I got to offer. I have nothing else. I've, uh, I,
2: (laughs) one time around 20 years ago or so, I was out with a friend. We had been frog gigging, which is, uh,
1: done that before.
2: Yeah. I didn't, I didn't catch any frogs that night. Anyways, we, we were riding around after that and I was not driving. My friend was, and we were on Spring Lane. And I guess he just kind of sailed over the median not real, paying real close attention and we got pulled over and my friend Matt is a really funny guy and when the, the officer walked up and he said do you know I pulled you over uh Matt went no sir and the officer says well you were you're kind of sailing all over the road you were halfway into the other lane and Matt started Matt, Matt went <laughs> <laughs> and I was like oh man we're going to jail But then, uh, you know, the officer just kind of looked at him and he said, "I'm sorry, me and me and my friend have been uh, out frog gigging, and I guess I just wasn't paying close enough attention to the road." And the officer goes, "Oh boy, I haven't been frog gigging in a long time." And then (laughs) we're gonna be all right. Okay, so um, our guest this week is Margaret Murchison. Many of you probably already know Margaret. She's the it's news director, is that correct, at WWGP? That's correct. Okay. That's correct. And Margaret featured uh, pretty heavily in our cover story this month um, because your sister passed away from COVID-19 uh, at the end of May. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay, well... Um, Just thought it would be good to have you on and and maybe talk about her a little bit and try to maybe put a face and a name to, you know, to to this this COVID thing because we get the numbers and a lot of us know people who have it or have had it, but the public isn't generally made aware in that way. And I I think this is as as sad as it is, this is an opportunity to kind of humanize it. So why why don't you just tell us about your sister and, and what happened?
3: Okay, before I get to that, I I would like to tell you that we just got the the dashboard for North Carolina, and our numbers are up again, as a matter of fact, up quite a bit from yesterday's numbers, because uh, from the COVID-19 dashboard from the state this afternoon, we are now at 481 cases, and Chatham is up to 660 cases, and Moore is at 235, and Harnett is at 306. Those numbers are much larger than yesterday's numbers, and I realize that some people have recovered, and those are just numbers of the confirmed cases prior to recovery, but I still think it's it's too much. It's, we still have Many people, I realize that testing just started recently, so we're going to continue to have these cases. But you know, my sister in Genesis, I repeatedly asked them if they had um, any cases, and of course, they didn't. And I was very proud of the fact that I was there visiting all the time, and everything seemed okay. So, when I first heard about the first case. I was say, oh, my goodness. And so one of the workers told me and said, well, it, it was not here. We don't let anybody in. We don't even let the social workers in. And when we get deliveries, we go out and get them. And they said, we uh, do so much cleaning and checking to make sure that everything is okay. So when my nephew finally called and said, her temperature was up one uh Oh, one point six, 1.6, I believe it was. He said, that's a dangerous level. So they were going to watch her or monitor her condition to make sure. Well, the next day it was full blown. Mm. And uh, of course it was, it was really sad. I guess bittersweet sad because we had not been able to visit her in about eight weeks ever since this started. Now she had a touch of dementia, so she didn't always know you know, about time frames. So she didn't realize that it had been that long since we had seen her. And the last time I went I went Mother's Day, but of course I couldn't see her. I went to take her some things at her roommate and she had a wonderful roommate. And of course the roommate ended up with COVID nineteen also. Mm. And uh, but she was a little younger than my sister. My sister turned seventy on May twenty third. And we've always celebrated together. It was six children. My two brothers are deceased. So the four girls always did something together. And after she went to the nursing home, the other three would take that as a shopping and going out lunch day. However, we would always plan for some kind of food party at the nursing home. And she loved old school music, as I've told you, or blues, you know, B.B. King and all that. But And she would always remember that. She could always, you know, she remembered the words and... The workers would say, how does she remember those words? Well, she spent her Sunday afternoon, Janata, the work was doing after she was retired, and she would listen to the music. That's what we did, just set out and, you know, listen to the music and everything. So when she got the, you know, the temperature went up, and then they started using oxygen, but they won't tell you anything. You know, you, you have to sort of figure out everything on your own. Because I thought she should have been in the hospital, but of course I think the reasoning was there's already so many in the hospital and, and, you know, we're taking good care of our people here. Well, they initially said they only had 28 people there with uh, confirmed cases, and then I found out it was 40-something. So when I finally talked with the administrator, I sent him an email after hours and told him that I had been in the media for years, I don't do fake news. My listeners depended on me to give them the true story. And I had been telling the listeners what I had been getting from him. And I wanted the true numbers. So he told me there were, at that time, I believe 44, and seven of them were employees. Well, the employees had all been sent home under quarantine, and the um, the others were being you know taken care of. Well, it seemed like it was downhill after that. Every day, it was something different, and finally, she was on 12 liters of oxygen on that Friday evening, which did not seem to work. Uh, she was not eating. She didn't take the medicine. She was unresponsive. On Saturday morning, it was basically the same. By Saturday afternoon, they had called it what they said with a respiratory therapist. The respiratory therapist is just what he said, a respiratory therapist. He's got a duck. So he was trying a new kind of um, oxygen uh, mask to see if that would work. Well, on Sunday morning, she did not like that mask. Apparently, she was trying to take it off. But still, they said she wasn't eating. She wasn't taking the medicine. And I'm thinking, can't you give her Insure or give her IV or something? They said they were going to give her IV uh and then monday morning memorial day you know i was hoping i was going to hear some good news because what i thought they said she was trying to tear the mask off I said, that means she still had some fight in her so i figured okay she's gonna be okay and then it wasn't too long after that that her son called us to tell us that she didn't make it and which was very shocking because and and, and, you know those things happen everybody has a time to die according to what we've been taught all of our lives however you feel so bad when you have a relative in a condition like that and you can't even hold a hand. You can't even go and see them because it wasn't yeah. safe to go into the facility after she was diagnosed or even she was to death. It wasn't safe to go in because no matter what, you put on a mask or gloves or gowns or whatever, there was always a chance that you could bring one of the bugs out and give it to somebody else. So you just, you know... Just hanging in the balance, couldn't do anything. So we just had to get the 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 funeral director to go and pick up the body and take it to the funeral home, and then we set out to plan a service. But you know, it's really—I feel so sorry for everybody who has a family member in congregate living, whether it's jail, prison, nursing home, assisted living, whatever, because you cannot have hand-to-hand contact with your loved one while this pandemic is going on. And that's why I get so upset when I see people who laugh about the pandemic and, you know, make all kinds of jokes about it, because I do think it's real. And I do think that our health leaders, officials, would not tell us what to do to sort of prevent it if they didn't know what they were talking about. They're just not pulling these ideals out of the, the air and saying, okay, you know, we don't have to do this. We don't have to do that. Do whatever you want to do. And that's why I'm afraid that some of the protesting, I have nothing against the protesting, but I'm just afraid that they're so close together that maybe that might result in some more cases. So I like what one person said, uh, maybe just use a whistle or something and carry the sign and maybe not say anything. But it's kind of hard to put people together. And it's it's so hard not to hug. It's so hard not to shake hands. It's It's just hard to do that because we are a society who've done that so many many years and this is something that is new to all of us but what do you, you have a family member and you and you have the opportunity to visit the men visit them now don't wait until something happens and then you can't get close to them. what,
2: what do you think it'll take for people to take this more seriously
3: only when it hits them in the face
2: yeah I yeah. think people
3: realize it when it comes home to roost if it touches a child a parent or the person themselves, I think then they will say, you know, I, you know, I hear people say all the time, well, I can go out and get hit by a car and die. Uh, a tree could follow me and I could die. You know, those things should. Sure, anything can happen. But there's always that chance that if you wear that mask and you distance yourself from people and you wash your hands repeatedly, there's that good chance that you will not catch it or give it to anybody else in the grocery store, on the job. You know, I haven't worried about getting the virus. I've been at work every day, you know, not because I have to be here. I just come to work and Mm -hmm. I put my mask on and I wear my gloves and I try to keep my distance. It's hard not to hug friends and acquaintances, but I know what the health officials are saying. CDC is saying, and that's what I intend to do until they say it's okay to go and hug uh, Gordon oh, maybe yeah. Yeah. or Jonathan. It's okay to do it now. That, that's, that's fine. But until that time, I'll just continue to wear my mask and try to keep my distance.
2: You're in the news business like we are, and you've been reporting on this stuff like we are. And I wonder how. You know, three or four months into this thing, it's changed your perspective to to know somebody who who had it and to to have a family member who who's died from it. Um, has 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 it changed for you?
3: Well, yeah, because you know, for a while initially, it's just oh, this is really bad. This is bad. None of us has ever witnessed anything like this before. You, me, older people. Yeah, we, we have not. So when you hear it, you say, okay, I'm going to follow these rules, and we're going to get rid of this. Because personally, when it first started, I didn't think it was going to hang around like this. I thought it was going to be like measles or mumps or chicken pops or pertussis or something, just come in, uh, you know, make a lot of people sick and then move out. I didn't know it was going to take a out, keep it, and just move in and take over everybody. So when I heard about the first death and understand the, the first person who caught it and died didn't have any other illnesses, no high blood pressure, no obesity, no heart disease or anything, caught the virus and passed away. So that's when people said, oh my goodness, you can't blame it on if you have underlying things. I think you can get it. And I understand it's a very terrible feeling. The young lady from Stanford who told her story, it's mm-hmm. very, very painful. You feel like you can't breathe. And somebody said, Pneumonia is the worst thing in the world because you can't breathe. It feels like your lungs are being pulled out of you, and I understand that that uh, virus feels a lot like that for anybody who has never had pneumonia. That it, it, it's really, really similar to pneumonia. So I look at it in a whole different respect, perspective. Once you've had, you've lost a family member, no matter if it's a distant family member or close family member. You look at it just to say, "I'm going to do everything I can to keep myself safe and to keep others." who may be near me, keep
2: them as safe as possible. Hmm. Hmm. Um. You mentioned the protests that are going on and uh, it's a totally different topic, but uh, the three of us were kind of chatting a few minutes before about, you know, our experiences with, um, with the law and how we've never really had any problems from police officers. I just wonder, but, you know, we, we talk about, it from the perspective of three, three white guys, what's been your take on what's happened in the last, um, last week or so, particularly here in town, we had a big peaceful protest on Sunday, but, and I was out there to see it, but what, what, what were your thoughts on that?
3: I didn't know about the one on Sunday until I got to church and I went to the grocery store and my minister told us about it at church and we are having church on the outside. And, uh, I really didn't know who organized it or what it was about or whatever. So I didn't want to see anything here. Like I said, i have the night, Sunday night, watching the fiasco and Raleigh and Daryl and yeah. Faithful and Charlotte. However, it's not new to me. It, it's, it's okay for me. I don't think I don't like just the looting and the writing because... I go back to the 60s when I was out there protesting, demonstrating, and fighting for calls. We were fighting for equal rights here in Lee County because you weren't here. If you had been, you would have been a little boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in the ninth grade when we were pros- uh, protesting and demonstrating here. And some of the same marches and things that you were seeing now, I've been there. You know, so it's nothing new to me. We had the hose put on us. We had dogs put on us. We had people piled up in the paddy wagon to go to the jail. When the paddy wagon may have been, uh, it should have been carrying about uh, five people. There were maybe 12 people packed in there like sardines. Hmm. Uh, my sister who passed away was one of the key people in the marches. I don't know how many times she went to jail. You wow. know, She was younger than I was. She was two years younger than I was. But if there was a cause, she'd get into it no matter what. Hmm. So we were used to fighting causes for the inequality and yes a lot of it did stem from the actions of law enforcement because you and I both know everybody who puts on a badge is not law enforcement material some of them right. have, have ingrained in their hearts and minds that they are superior but they can't get anything because they, they, they don't have any power but when you put that badge on all of a sudden you have power and then you do things that you may regret later on, but just because you can show the world, hey, I'm a police officer, I can do this. We have some good police officers. I have family members who are police officers. Uh, if I liked guns, I probably would have applied to be a police officer, but mm-hmm. I don't like weapons, so I, I would never do that. But just going back to the 60s, I've seen the demonstration. I've seen the things. I've seen the, you know the falling limp on the ground and, and being picked up. Uh, the day that we were supposed, my, we were marching in groups, and our leader was the late uh, Reverend Dr. J.R. Hampton, who was the pastor of Blandonia Church at the corner of Wall Street and Horner, That's a historic church there. Mm-hmm. And with his leadership, when he told us that he would lead us, but he told us, four blank, now you've got to follow my leadership and guidance. And we did. Most of us were teenagers. We had some older people in the crowd. However, They were nonviolent marches because we were following what Dr. King had taught us. However, some people in the group who were older than we were decided that they should go to Durham and Chapel Hill and bring in some people who had caused problems there, and they could get things done. So they brought them into Sanford, and they started polluting and burning and turning over vehicles. But the next day, it was a black community who was minus a place to live. Or had to get the money to buy glass to put it in the windows in their homes because they always destroyed our community. Hmm. So it's always outsiders who come in, usually, to start the problems. The people in the community, we were just looking for justice. We wanted to be able to go and sit down in a restaurant without having food poured on you or people saying ugly things. So, you know, I'll never forget we'll marching to that cafeteria, Matthew's restaurant, on that afternoon. When we went there, and only thing we were trying to get, we were told at that time, you know, nobody had any money, but we were told to always have a dime in your pocket, so just in case they decided to serve you, you could buy the drink. And we walked in, and one of my friend's mothers were working there, washing pots and pans, and she said, y'all these I can't serve you. Well, we were just all sat down, and we started singing, We Shall Not Be Moved. And of course, the owners and some of the friends and some of the powers that be in the town at that time, came in, and they decided, yeah, you can be moved because we're going to move you." And one of my friends, Wanda Curry, who retired in uh, Raleigh at the Social Security Administration, shot that day. It was really, I guess, what they call bird shot. But we ran. Mm. All of us ran because we didn't know, you know, these men came in, and they were mean and ugly looking, and they were determined that they were going to move us, and they did. They didn't have to ask us twice because when we heard that, what we assumed was a gunshot, you know, we left running, so some of us never got to actually go inside the jail for protesting and demonstrating, but that wasn't the first time we did it. Happened lots of times in the county, so I'm used to the demonstrations, and and they're good. They they make a difference if you do it. We've got it. You just don't be out there wandering like lost sheep. You have to have someone who organizes it, and then... One one young lady said on TV uh, Sunday evening when we were marching, uh, they were asking about the looting and uh, the break, tearing up businesses. And she said, you know, they burned our schools, they killed our, our family members and churches, they they bombed us, they did all these things. You can repair a torn down building. You can't bring the life back. So wow. but I, I do not approve of the looting and all that. But the protesting demonstrations in the right way, with guidance, yes, definitely I approve of that.
2: Well, Margaret, we've got about a minute and a half left before our Zoom meeting expires here, but um it's as you've been saying all this telling us all this stuff, it's um it just fascinates me that that you saw this all all these years ago and you're seeing it again today. Just real yeah. quick, could you say what's what's different now and what's the same now?
3: It seems like Lord how long we've been going through this over four hundred years, will it ever change when men decide I guess I should say women decide that we are one we believe the same color we have the same wants and needs we want the same things for our family that everybody else wants for their family I don't have a problem with the color that's other people who have problems with color that should not make a difference we should all try to live in this world together we're gonna be here together we can't go anywhere we're stuck with each other so why not Hug each other when the pandemic goes away and say, we are one and that's what we are. And we're going to always be that. And that's the way I consider you, Gordon, because I know who you are.
0: We should give her a column.
2: Well, that was a fascinating interview, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, she's a very interesting lady. I've always thought that she probably has a lot of good stories.
1: So go. So go yeah. back to my story about the golf balls and delete it now <laughs> because hearing her talk about being shot at at a restaurant because she was not allowed to here in bear, Sanford too. <laughs> yeah. 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 it Makes my uh, makes my experience um, null and void.
0: Yeah, it would really be interesting to hear all the things that happened here in Sanford that people don't know about. Like, I didn't even know that restaurant story she told or even that that restaurant existed. So.
2: Billy and I didn't grow up around here, but, and you're from Robbins, more, more County boys, (laughs) John's rallying cry. But I mean, you grew up coming to Sanford a lot or you grew up around Sanford. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We, we came here. This was town to us, I guess uh one of them but um yeah I, I really don't know what to say about growing up in the rural south
1: well, I like up, i mean i grew up in yeah the, in in texas too and um
0: i feel like it's too easy to say well we just didn't feel like that that we you know we all got along and everything Now, looking back, I just think that's maybe too simplistic an explanation for how tensions were back then. Uh, Like, maybe I didn't know about it. You know, maybe I just...
2: Yeah, and like it's, maybe it was like a luxury to not have to know about it.
0: Yeah, and it's ingrained in life in all of the South or all over the country, you You know. know, uh, And
1: this isn't my my mom or, or my dad. My dad's actually... Um, fairly liberal. My mom, um, not so much, but she was never what I would call racist or, or, or she had biases, of course. Um, But she was, I would never say she was racist. But I did have family members and acquaintances of our family members, who were extremely, extremely racist. And I heard I heard and yeah. the N, the N- <laughs> word tossed around multiple, multiple times. Um, we had Hispanic people who um, lived in our community and the way they talked about them and just, you know, when you're, when you're young, 13 to 16 or whatever, and you hear this stuff, it's not shocking because you're just used to it. You don't necessarily agree with it. And you don't feel like you have a voice but to make the adults stop saying these words, you know?
0: <laughs> and I'm, but, and I'm going to say, and this may be controversial, but it really hasn't improved a lot because even my kids now say that some of their friends say things like that, you know, yeah. that they hear people say it all the time. And
2: I think it depends who you're around, of course. Yeah. But like
0: people at school though, you know, and yeah, I just don't know what we do about it. I mean, it's really disappointing. It's really heartbreaking. And, you know, even, even we have our own biases. We don't, maybe even, don't even know. It's just very complicated.
1: I was uh, having this discussion with a friend and they asked, um, we, we both don't, don't post much on social media about any of this. And they asked me why. And I said, for what I said, at the beginning of this podcast i i don't feel like i have the experience i guess to add to this conversation enough to to but what i can do is i can offer my support and i can without having to show everybody on social media because what i can't stand is people who who uh go out of their way go out of their way on social media to show you media how good of a person they are but i can be a good person and most importantly is it starts with our kids i've got three of them i can teach them the the way to treat and respect people and um with our daughter who's 10 uh she's been seeing some of the news reports and asking why people are rioting and we told her we told her exactly what happens and why it's happening and uh yeah, it's a tough conversation with a 10-year-old, but you have to do it. Yeah. You can't hide it. I think growing up, it, it was hidden from me. Or if they talked about it, they talked about it in negative ways. I'm really and glad we how had- How I ended uh, up the way I ended up, I'll never know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm really glad we had Margaret on because otherwise we're just three white guys talking about this.
2: You know? Well, we're still just three white guys.
0: <laughs> well, I know, but it. I don't know.
2: We've kind of been aware, I think, of this since we started the podcast back up that we're three white dudes. You know, regardless yeah. of what we're talking about, we're going to have a...
1: Hey, let's call our podcast that.
2: <laughs> we're, but we're going to have a perspective and we have um, wanted to get people who do not share our backgrounds to join us. And we will. I think we will. Yeah. Yeah, th-
1: this is, uh, if, if you can't oh, you tell. Said backgrounds. This- I thought you meant people who, like, I would love to have people on here who disagree with us and can have a civil conversation about why they disagree with us. I would love to have those podcasts, too. Sure. Um, I don't think anyone's going to come on right now and tell us that we shouldn't support <laughs> what's going on now. But I don't know. Maybe someone will come on and say that.
2: But, I mean, we there was a comment. Early on, left on one of these podcast posts that was like, "Love listening to you guys, but get a woman on there." Yeah, Uh, and uh, we could, we
0: would if we we can't attract women. What are you talking
2: about? (laughs) I was gonna say, I think he was making fun of our love life.
1: Oh, we're all married. No,
2: no, I think it was. I I think the commenter was a woman who was saying, "Would like to hear a woman's perspective on the stuff you guys talk about." And they noted,
1: correct? Yeah, uh, our diversity level at the rent is not very good but there's a reason for that. And
2: And that is the diversity level at
1: the Herald wasn't very good when we all formed.
0: That's true too. (laughs) Right.
1: We, you know, we just all happen to be at the same place, but, uh, and we can't afford to pay anybody else. (laughs) Right. Um, No, but I, I really enjoyed that. And uh, I hope we can talk to some more people about it. It's, it's fascinating. I don't think, you know, 50 years ago is not, that long in the grand scheme of things. The fact that we have people, a lot of people living here who can remember not being able to go inside of a restaurant because of the color of their skin or being shot at because of the color of their skin. The fact that we have people who have very vivid memories of this is, is fascinating.
2: And I I think Margaret touched on something too, and this is a perspective I'd like to have on the podcast at some point. I'm sure we can make it happen. You know, there's a lot of law enforcement officers out there who agree with the protests Yeah, and 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 support it as long as it doesn't get violent, and they've got to have a really tough job right now too. One we thing have, that I we
0: should have ahead. Ryan Todd on. He'd we probably have do fr- it. He's he's pretty good on social media.
1: Gordon, you were at you were at the the peaceful protest here in Sanford. What uh, you you attended as a journalist? What was your take on it? I guess was it effective? You think?
2: Uh, yeah. I think that depending on what the goal was and I didn't get to talk to any of the, nobody knows who organized it, but if the goal was to convey a message, I think the message got conveyed. And to begin with, there was a very small number of people, maybe 15 at the most sitting on the stage at Depot park. But when they got up and started marching down toward where the railroad house is, they eventually stopped there for a while, holding up signs and doing some chants this it grew really fast it went from like 15 people to more like 100 almost in the blink of an eye because i don't remember thinking wow it's getting a little bigger it's getting a little bigger it was just boom there was suddenly a huge increase in the number of people and you know they walked around the block and that was about it but it was it was good to see something like that in this community um it was not monochromatic there were people of all races involved and they were having conversations with each other and and if one of the goals was to have it be somewhat cathartic i think that that goal was probably achieved because the people who were in it were very impassioned and i'm sure it felt good to get the things out that they wanted to say and and do it in public i also uh I didn't really notice any law enforcement. There uh, certainly was no police in in riot gear or anything like that. Uh, I spotted a couple of what Did I, they not hear the rumors, right? Like <laughs> I, I saw a couple of what I assume were you know unmarked cars with plain clothes officers just just watching to make sure nothing got crazy. But I think it was a good move to not send out, yeah, you know these riot dressed officers, because that message, if there's a time for it, I don't know that it's during a peaceful protest. So, I mean, good on them for for letting it go forward, and good on the protesters for keeping it civil and, and not getting crazy. And, boy, bad on a lot of people in this town who seem to be rooting for there to be some kind of violence.
1: Yeah, you yeah. saw a lot of that. John, um, I know you were at the Herald when this happened. Gordon, I don't know if you were still there when we did a feature. It was like a week-long feature on um, what it was like to be Hispanic in Lee County. And uh, the only reason I bring it up now is because that was only 10 years ago, and we got a ton of negative response
2: from that. I remember Was it like, a, like we each had I, – I think I was there because yeah, I can remember – I can remember. One of us wrote
1: a story about uh, being a student here. One of us wrote about being a business owner here. One of us wrote about um, uh, being a undocumented um, immigrant here, and uh, it may have been four or five days long, um, but uh, never got so much. Uh, I'm not going to say hate email, but negative email, negative letters about anything we've ever done than uh, I did for that. And again, I don't remember, I don't remember contributing.
2: Up. I remember contributing a story to that, but I don't remember any of the negative response.
1: Yeah, it was uh, it was very negative. A lot of positive too, but you know the negative is what sticks with you. And uh, we thought we were doing a good thing. I know a lot of it is the immigration issue, but to to say the immigration issue doesn't have racial elements to it is sugarcoating it, or I, I don't know, you're you're being you know, you're blind to it if if you think. The reason so many people are against illegal immigration is because is because you know they're a different skin color, or if you don't think that. So anyway, I only bring it up because it was only ten years ago. Ten years, and so you know, I say um, it's it's amazing to believe that fifty years ago this was happening. Well, only ten years ago, a story like yeah. that got you know raked well, the polls. Well, and it's
0: not like any of that has been <laughs> changed. Oh no, or, got, I mean, I'm sure we have oh, the same. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There was another real quick funny thing is when I first started at the Herald, I was very naive and I wrote my first column and I promised in that first column that I would help lead a newspaper that was et cetera, et cetera. And then I used the word progressive because to me, the word progressive meant advancing, you know, or being better than it was or whatever. And I immediately started getting a lot of letters from people who were upset that somebody was going to bring in a leftist progressive mindset. And um, that stuck with me all these years later because I was being very well-intended with that word, had no idea of its political implications. And yet people took a word, which means progress, literally means progress, and they were upset about it because, you know, don't bring your, your progress to our town. We're fine just as we are. Thank you. Things like that still make me worry and think that we still have a long way to go.
2: Thirteen years later, you own a liberal fake newspaper.
0: (laughs) The the
1: rag. (laughs) The rag. What's that? The rag? I did have somebody this week who uh, did not know I was a part of it. He asked me if I knew Gordon, and he said, yeah, Gordon's doing a great job with that paper he runs. Uh, Oh, the rag? I was like, yeah, the rag. (laughs) I'm um, gonna I mean, we're gonna use that on the front of next month's.
0: <laughs> we should change that the header to the rag. The
1: rag. He's gonna walk by and go, "Yep,
0: <laughs> I was right. I was right." They must not talk a lot.
2: he well, yeah he'll just kind of nod. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. Man, what a silly name for a
1: paper. Well, it actually makes more sense than what we named it. <laughs>
2: right.
0: Obviously, it's the rag. <laughs>
1: Not the, a bad name actually. <laughs> I know.
2: For for people listening, we've when we started the rant, it was a radio show, as we've explained multiple times. And back then the name probably made a whole lot more sense uh, yeah. than it does now. And we didn't do a lot of ranting then, but anyway. <laughs> there was a there was a, a a lot of deliberation with us about whether we should change our, our name to something a little more appropriate. The and thematic. <laughs> Legit- yeah. This is the, the name that that got us here, and this he, is the, what what people it, know us as. So said it
1: was our brand, and I think you That's were right. correct. You were correct, and uh, it's still weird I, today to because I do think of us as a legitimate uh, journalistic endeavor, and and we do really good things. I think when we do quality journalism from time to time, it's hard to interview somebody who has lost a family member and say, "Yeah, I'm from the rant."
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know it is. It is like you call somebody and you're like
1: the rant, and they're like. like if we what? called it the the frogs butt or something, you know, it's just. I kinda, think
0: I think the monthly part on the end is good, or if yeah. you just say a website, then it's, it's easier.
1: But we, but uh, I, I think in a way it does kind of weekly, kinda... monthly, but it didn't, or the daily, monthly, or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh,
2: I think the the name the rant though, like it does kind of it does fit in a way because you mentioned the journalistic endeavor and that's part of it, but I don't think that we are a newspaper or a website or a Facebook page or a podcast. I think we're kind of a source of information and that includes, that includes news. Synergy. But but yeah, yeah, we're um, synergizing, we're strategizing (laughs) uh, buzzwords Hey, speaking of which, what what
0: about this month's issue? You guys want to talk about that?
2: I thought it was a good one, and I'm getting some good feedback already.
1: Yeah, it was very good, although it was obsolete the day it came out.
0: <laughs> I, know, I know. I was thinking about that. That's,
1: that's everybody hard. turned away from the topic du jour of the last three months. And
0: uh, I love. Have you seen that TikTok
1: edition about that? So,
0: have you seen that TikTok thing where the guys like, oh, we thought coronavirus had to had the year locked up, and then all of a sudden racism.
1: Yeah, (laughs) we're not even halfway through this year yet there's still so much more to come
0: oh man i think the election is going to be crazy oh yeah we have an
1: election yeah it's uh
0: if it happens yeah Uh, hey schools are coming back did you see that yeah they voted last night to start august 17th of this year which is a week earlier
1: how do you feel about
0: sending your kids to school i think i think
1: They'll be fine. I think our schools are going to put in some safeguards that uh that I support, so you know, I just want them yeah. out of the house. <laughs> me too, for real I think it's I think it's gonna be fine and and um I did get the email this week that uh at my job, we are expected to start um transitioning back to full time in July, so this is really my last month of of whatever this has been. And, uh,
0: yeah. Are you, um, are, are students going to return in yeah, August? Yeah, Campbell
1: University students are returning. We just uh, had a release today. They're returning. Um, the semester for them will end um, the day before Thanksgiving. They'll go home and they won't come back. And if any courses that they're taking has final exams, those will be done online in December. So it prevents, you know, going, The the mass spreading of people going home and then coming back and then leaving again, it cuts down on the travel and this cuts a little bit down. I think a lot of universities are doing that and uh, I support that idea. I think it's good. Um, The university hasn't announced any of what they're going to do about social distancing or masks yet, but I know they're talking about it. So it's going to be different when we go back. There will. um, I think the way people run cafeterias at all these schools will be different. I think, uh, I think. There's talk about at your schools that kids will um, mostly bring their lunches or have prepackaged lunches brought to the classrooms, and they'll eat at their desks. You know, stuff like that. That I think um, will change. You you probably won't see a lot of playground equipment being used early yeah. on. That kind of stuff. I did, yeah. and I heard Margaret say in the uh, in the interview that our numbers went up today. I we haven't received that yet, have we, Gordon?
2: She's she's going out. Uh, she uses the states dashboard and i'm not saying that's
0: 481
2: yeah that's what she said Uh, and we'll we will get an announcement from the county probably in the next little bit but uh she just she uses a different source than i do and there's updates every day and the county is now only sending out information on monday wednesday friday and i just decided to follow that because our source is a
1: guy in a trench coat that meets you downtown every day and uh (laughs) and opens the trench coat and very sneakily hands you an envelope with this week's numbers in it.
2: Right. See? Well, I just thought it was a good numbers idea up to, to
0: 500 See,
2: to maybe not have a, a daily post saying the new numbers. Yeah. Um, cause it gets old writing that if there was a day where there were 700 new cases or something, I would probably report, report that. But otherwise I'm just following what the, uh, what the County is telling us. Yeah. Billy, one last thing. Yes and this is maybe gives people reason to tune in next week. You mentioned last week that you and Haley were learning the ukulele. Yes, sir. And I mentioned to you off the air that it would be fun for you to tell me an Orton patrol song and I could tell you the chords and then you could come back and attempt to play it for us.
1: Oh, I thought you were being
2: facetious. I thought you were. I I want that on the, I want that on the podcast. Do you want to, do you want to pick a song and I can I can yeah, send you the chords? Does it have
1: to be um, your new stuff because that's not necessarily all out yet. I, I do no pick whatever you whatever you want that's out. Mm. We'll do. Yeah, I'll get you that by the end of today.
2: And and next week I expect you and Haley to. I mean, if 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 it can't be done live, you can pre-record it.
1: It has to be something that uh, has a. A progression of chords. You know, we're not. I'm not gonna pick anything that requires any picking or. Jimmy the the, so, the songs are like that.
2: So the songs are largely very simple chord progressions.
1: Cool. Yeah, we'll do that. We will do that, and then you'll have a ten-year-old singing Ord Patrol on next week's podcast.
2: I want it to go viral.
1: <laughs> your Ord Patrol uh, album, your one hit song was the cover from you a got ten-year-old. <laughs>
0: You got songs about snowman where your footprint
2: used to be and all that? That was Dr. <laughs> powerful. <one. laughs> yeah, yes. I remember that. I love that song. Yeah. That song was called I Gotta, I Gotta Get That Fixed.
1: Yeah. Hey, yeah, so <laughs> um, we will pick a song, but if you can also send us the chords for our old rant music from uh, the Dr. Powerful, old, different, yellow,
2: powerful, whatever. Oh, God, I forgot we used that. Yeah, yeah
0: hey you should end with that do you have it
2: yeah oh, oh yeah
1: oh i've got okay. it okay so let's end with that guys this was a. Uh, I um i want to thank margaret before gordon thanks her because uh i didn't get a chance to talk to her but uh um she was excellent in the interview for the story that we did and uh hearing her talk about her experience in the 60s i was uh i was riveted so um yeah that was great yeah it was great uh
0: uh-huh. Love you guys.
2: Thanks, everybody. We'll I miss see you. you. Next... What's we'll... I miss you. We'll see you next Bye. week.
0: Bye.